Every team, every topic, everywhere. This is Believe. What's up, Washington fans? Welcome to the Bernie Network Podcast post-game episode. This episode is brought to you by Manscaped, who is the best in men's below-the-belt grooming. You can save 20% off on all your Manscaped products and free shipping by using code BNP20. I'm Josh Taylor, joined by Brian Murphy, as always, here to talk about the Baltimore game. Not a lot, honestly. We're talking about Haskins and some other things, but... To me, honestly, this game, uh, we knew it wasn't going to be that close, but it really wasn't that exciting. Like, there wasn't many key points, would you say, Brian? Yeah, I just never felt like uh, Washington was in it. It seemed like uh, the Ravens just had control from the start, uh, which they did. (laughs) And uh, so it was really just kind of story points and kind of building blocks, I think, for the future. And I think there were some good and some bad from, uh, from Sunday. Yeah, this one to me felt like the uh, Cardinals game a little bit. As soon as we turn the ball over, it just kind of sucks out any excitement you have coming up to it. So, like, when J.D. McKissick fumbled to me, I was just like, oh, like, this is how the game's going to go kind of feel. Um, I actually wanted to talk about one thing before the game even happened. Uh, I really loved this. When Ron Rivera came out on the field, um, seeing what they did for him with the coach's corner with all the cutouts, um, in the corner of the end zone, just people that he's worked with and that mean a lot to him. Um, and he talked about it after the game and how emotional he was with that. What was your thoughts on that, just showing that support uh, coming in for Coach? Yeah, it's just really cool to, to see that, just to know what he's going through. And I think we kind of saw it yesterday. He was sitting down. It sounded like it was a, a long day, a long week. So it was just cool just to be able to pay respects to him like that. He's just such a good dude and uh, you know, I, I've thought that since before he was the Washington coach. He just always seemed like a good guy that everybody likes him, and that was a, a cool way to honor him. And I thought it was cool that they had a couple of coaches that coached with him or, you know, that, that they worked together, and, like, the Bills tweeted about it too. So just a cool moment overall just to to honor a guy that is, uh, man, just a unbelievable human to be able to go through this and and lead a football team so yeah just an awesome moment it was it was really cool to see yeah we saw the uh, Rivera Strong shirts I think that one of the coolest things is Ron Rivera wearing a Rivera Strong shirt like is as badass as it gets like yeah. <laughs> just showing like I mean you've got to have a lot of strength to be able to go through that and coach a team like this with everything that he's been through already in his first season as a head coach. But something that we monitored throughout the game, I mean, there was times where he was, you know, leaning over, sitting on the bench. How worried are you uh, with Ron's health right now? Like, do you think that he sits out any games or what do you think about it? Uh, I don't see him sitting out games. It just doesn't seem like the kind of guy he is. Yeah. That being said, uh, you know, I hope he, he does if it comes down to that. I hope he realizes that, you know, he can take a, a week off. He can he can take some time because his health is way more important than any game, than any uh, than any football out there. So uh, I, I don't think he will, um, but, uh, you know, I, I wouldn't be opposed to it. And I, I think he's earned that right. And I think that, you know, yeah, based on the way he looked, it was it was kind of kind of tough at times. But uh 
He's he's a fighter, man. So I'd be surprised if he did. Yeah, he's already said that Jack Del Rio would take over if he was to sit out. But I mean, he really said that he was just taken back by how much it's really you know wore him right. out physically. I mean, I can't even imagine the mental part of it. So huge respects to Ron. You know, all the prayers and you know hope that uh, he pulls through this as strong as possible without any complications or anything like that. God forbid. But just seeing what he does week in, week out. Yeah, he's missing practice and stuff like that. But you just got to applaud this guy for showing up on Sundays the way that he does and coaches. So uh, something to keep an eye on. Um, but I think he's going to pull through, like you said. To me, he doesn't seem like a coach that's just going to want to sit out a game. You know, unless wife steps in and is like, all right. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> that's that's when you got to listen. When the wife steps in and says, all right, you're sitting this week out. Oh, um, believe me. I know. I know. <laughs> yeah. Um, so something else I wanted to talk about was the return of Kendall Fuller. I can't tell you how lucky we are to have gotten this guy back, um, chose us over going back to Kansas City. Um, so, I mean, it kind of took us also by surprise, but this game, two interceptions. Um, the first one was like a mosque-esque, you know, reach over the uh, wide receiver on the outside by the sideline. And then the second one was like a circus catch um, after RG3 got lit up by a draw in pain. How much of a blessing is it having this guy back on the field? And what do you expect from him going forward, whether it's, you know, sticking in that corner spot, playing some free safety, or what, what do you think the game plan is with Fuller? Well, I think it's cool that, that he can move around, and we've talked about the possibility of that and the way – the way our safeties have played, we might need him back there to play a little safety at some point. But just his versatility and, and how well he plays, I think uh, now he's got more interceptions than catches allowed. Uh, you know, it's, what, two games so far, but still just that's really good. Uh, like you said, it's it's awesome to have him back. And, yeah, it's, it's nice to have a corner that we can rely on. And um, like you said, if they need to put him back at safety, just the ability to, to mix it up and – allow him to go get the football which he is he's done so well and what was that his first regular season interception since like 2017 or something like yeah, that he was the highest graded corner this week in all of the nfl so yeah it's just so he's made big plays in in the super bowl we've seen him make big plays so it's nice to have him back and uh i'm glad you know i'm not glad that we didn't have him for the first two weeks but i'm glad that he got healthy and hopefully is here for for the long haul because they're, they're definitely going to need him yeah, so you talked about the safeties. Um, it's been a struggle, something that we've talked about. seems like every week we've even you know talked about Cameron Curl coming in, who once again looked good, solid tackler. Honestly, might be the best tackler in the safety spot right now. Oh, yeah, for what sure. What <laughs> was your assessment of it? I mean, I know it's Action Jackson, Big Trust, you know, Lamar Jackson and company, three-headed monster running back. But still, what what's the bar like for you right now with the safeties? Like, are you giving him a little cushion because it's Lamar Jackson, or are you saying no? This was still a poor uh, performance. I mean, it's Lamar Jackson, but you're also getting stiff armed by Lamar Jackson. Like, is he known to stiff arm people? Like, I think he's more known to just a loose shake and bake. Yeah. yeah, like he's not he's not known to run you over. And we just saw him stiff arm uh, Collins. I'm sure Apke did at some point too, but just. <laughs> The tackling is so suspect, uh, along with the coverage, and so you know there were talk. There was talk about Landon Collins was he only a box safety? Well, if you are, if that is yeah, who tackle. you are, you, yeah, you got to be able to tackle. And he's <laughs> that's just your not key doing thing. That. That's your, that's your if, main. If you're going to be a box safety, especially, you know, you got to at least be able to tackle. You got to be a sure thing, and he's not, man. And it's it's frustrating to watch. You know, Apke's one thing, 
a young guy who we weren't sure about to start. But Collins, I've just expected so much more from him, and I just I haven't seen it so far this year. Now, one thing I want to ask, I mean, I'm a huge Landon Collins fan, obviously. Um, love him to death, and I'll be critical of his performance, but... How much of it do you think is the confidence in the linebacking core and knowing that Troy Apke is on the other side of the field? Because he does, you know, like you said, being a strong safety, he is closer up to the line than Apke is on most plays. He is sometimes responsible for linebackers and stuff like that too. I mean, uh, tight ends, like what the linebackers are supposed to be doing. So how much of it do you think is him just saying, all right, I don't really have too much confidence in Troy Apke on the other side? Or I don't know if uh, Kevin Pierre-Lewis is going to actually guard this guy, so I'm, I have to play it too safe sometimes. How much do you think is it that, or is it just something's not clicking with him right now? I don't know. I mean, you could be right on some of it. And obviously, I don't know the scheme, and I don't know where he's supposed to be, but it just seems like there have been sure sure things, sure tackles that should have been made, and it's, it's frustrating to see. But I get what you're saying, that you know maybe he feels like he's got to cover – more ground or, or play it a little safer knowing that he's got a um, suspect safety on the other side but just missing tackles like I, I, I just I don't get it and I, I feel like he's always been pretty solid at, at, at tackling and at hitting and especially because you know he's almost the size of some linebackers though at least the way he plays so yeah. it's frustrating to see him missing tackles you know I, I, I'm I'm okay, you know, not being great in coverage or whatever it is, but just you got to wrap up and you got to make the play when you're when that when that's what you're expected to do. It's just uh, it's it's frustrating, but you know, uh the season so far has been a little frustrating, so it's not surprising. Yeah, he's always been known to be a good tackler. Um even, you know, back to Alabama even when he was in New York and I would even say like the first uh year with us, like he was that's what he was known for. Um, yeah, I just so feel like uh, sorry, I just feel like he's like he was like all over the place last year, and it just doesn't feel that way again this year. So maybe it is a scheme thing. I mean, he's in a different scheme this year. Maybe that's playing a part of it, but it just seems like something's a, a little off, like a little off. They're both on our watch to watch week in and week out, um, especially with the quarterback play we have coming up. I mean, Jared Goff. I feel like he's hit or miss. Daniel Jones not worried about it at all, and then Dak Prescott. So I feel like these next three weeks are going to be a good test against good competition and then crappy competition to see where the whole defense is, um, honestly. Uh, we saw, you know, we didn't have Chase Young, in, and I feel like our D-line still did a really good job. Um, yeah, I agree. You can only do but so much. I mean, yes, you know, we talked about Mark Ingram, J.K. Dobbins, and Edwards, but then you have Lamar on his feet. Of course, he busted that one. He's going to get one on you. It's just... It, it was his career long, you know, coincidentally against us, but still, I feel like he's going to always at least get one good run on you. But outside of that, I mean, you're holding Gus Edwards to only 38 yards, Mark Ingram to 34, and J.K. Dobbins only 16 um, on like 25 carries. So what, what would you grade our D-line without Chase Young? Do you think they uh, held up their own? Yeah, I think they played, you know, pretty well. I think we saw pain flash in there a little bit, you know, uh, a defensive tackle is not always going to have a lot of stats to show for it, but he got a quarterback hit. I feel like Jonathan Allen was around. Saw James Smith Williams a few times. Settle had the only sack of the game. So yeah, I mean, I think they were pretty solid. Um, you know, Montez Sweat, if you include him on the the D line uh, as a pass rusher, he was close. It just it showed how ridiculous Lamar Jackson was to be able to get away with Montez Sweat barreling down on you, who's yeah. 
a freak of nature and already fast himself. So, yeah, I thought they played really well. It would have been kind of fun to see Chase Young out there. I would have, I would have liked to see what he would do, how he would play Lamar Jackson, but uh, I'm, I'm more worried about him getting healthy for, uh, for down the line. But, yeah, the D-line played pretty well. It just, like you said, it's, it's Lamar Jackson. It's, it's that three- to four-headed monster that the Ravens had. I mean, like you said, they didn't have a lot of yards, but they spread out the carries so evenly that yeah. you just have a fresh guy coming out there every couple of plays. So, yeah, D-line played pretty well. I thought the defense overall played pretty well uh, considering, you know, what they were given to to work with. So, uh, yeah, not not too much to, to be upset about with the, the, the front seven, I don't think. Yeah, the one thing that still concerns me that I've been preaching since last year is just how we can't defend tight ends for whatever reason. Oh, is. yeah. And Mark Andrew had himself a day. I mean, I kind of expected it. I didn't really think, um, you know, outside of Hollywood Brown, there would really be any threats to us besides uh, Mark Andrews. But two touchdowns on us. I just don't know what the problem is. And we've talked about it with Collins um, I don't know if it's just our linebackers can't really defend it. I mean, we saw Troy Apke kind of just give up on that play, and he was not in a position at all um, when Andrews and then KPL um, just honestly just got burned on that play where Andrews scored on the left side of the yeah. end zone. But yeah, once again, like we, we have good tight end competition coming up. I mean, Higby next week. We, we This is something we need to fix fast. What do you think is going so wrong week in and week out to where we can't guard tight ends? Yeah, I, I don't know what it is. If it's a mismatch, like you said, maybe they just like straight up are just out of out of position. I, I, I don't know, but it is frustrating that every week it seems like a tight end is making a name for himself. I mean, uh, what did the Browns score one or two with their tight ends? Like guys that weren't doing anything are all of a sudden showing up. Now, Mark Andrews is a different story. He's like, He's the real deal, so I get it. Yeah. But, yeah, it was frustrating. It seemed like KPL, yeah, he got beat, but he was still hanging with him a little bit. He was able to recover. But, yeah, Troy Apke just looked so late over the top. I say late. I don't think he ever showed they up. They call it, so sel- it safety help for a reason. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> You're the last none. line of defense. I think Troy yeah. Apke forgets that sometimes. But, yeah, it's frustrating. I think I think I saw that Washington is tied for first or second in number of touchdowns allowed to a tight end this season and I feel like that's the stat every year you're so right it's like it's not just last year it feels like every year it's if it's Zach Ertz if it's Jason Witten for all those years that the tight ends just have field days on us and you're right there's a there's a tough stretch coming up I mean Higby and Gerald Everett next week yeah then you got what Evan Ingram two out of the next three weeks after that and uh, Schultz for Dallas is no slouch either. So yeah, there's there's a lot of tight ends coming up, and they better figure it out. The one good thing I said I think though is that Jack Del Rio seems to make adjustments. It seems like he he's made pretty good adjustments, you know, and not getting beaten by the same thing over and over. But tight ends, I guess, is, just might be his kryptonite right now. Yeah, once again, we see the story of second half. I mean, it seems like we clicked a little bit in the second quarter. Um, but I want to take a look at our offense now because we talked about the Ravens and what they did well. Um, you know, we've got to talk about Haskins. That's, that's the, the number one topic every single week I, I want to save for the rest of the season. Um, there's a nugget with him that I really want to bring up. Um, but first off, we got to just harp on the guys who did good. And it seems like these are two reliable guys on the offense. And that's Terry McLaurin, obviously, and then Antonio Gibson. So start with Gibson. 
every single week this guy's getting better he's getting more touches what do you think of Gibson do you think he gets more of a role and it is blended with the 13 carries and uh he had five targets with slants and stuff like that and screens what kind of role do you see Gibson have going forward I mean I think he should be your starter I think he should be your maybe not every down back but first and second third yeah I mean yeah second and third at least two out of the three down back um he uh yeah, he's special, man. We're starting to see little glimpses of it, and it's fun to see. I think I, I tweeted at some point during the game, and it's not really shocking or anything, you know, mind blowing. But they just need to keep feeding seventeen and twenty four, and twenty four especially. I just like, like you said, they they mixed it up a little bit. They got him involved in the screen game. He was he was running the ball pretty well. I mean, three and a half yards per carry. It's not anything special, but forty six yards. I feel like there were some some good runs in there. I just like the way that they've been using him and I got to give kudos to Scott Turner that he's, he's getting him involved and I think we're just going to see that number continue to go up. So yeah, Antonio Gibson, man, he is, uh, I think he's, he's going to be what we were hoping for. I mean, you don't want to put too much pressure on a, a rookie like that, a, a mid round rookie, but man, he, he yeah. looks like he could be uh, pretty legit and uh, I'm excited to see what else they can do with him. Yeah, he's absolutely not going to be a true running back ever in his career. He is that offensive weapon that we've you know labeled him as. But I feel like that's what you want in our system, and that's what you want in this NFL, like Alvin Kamara type. Uh, Saquon kills you with screens and stuff like that also. Um, but to me, what he does really well, and I saw uh, Sunday, was you know if he hits the hole, there's nothing. He can get out to the outside mm-hmm. so quick. And just get up field. And I want to say he was like second or third um, in like elusive rating for running backs in the NFL so far this season. And like you said, just a third round uh, draft pick. Like you don't expect but so much out of this guy. Um, but I think he's going to do some really special things, especially in the screen games. Um, he had some you know quick passes out to him that turned into huge gains. I mean, he had a yeah. that forty yarder was phenomenal. So I feel like that's what's going to play into Haskins growing as a quarterback is these quick, easy throws that he can get into, you know, Terry's hands and Antonio Gibson's hands. And Terry coming in banged up. We weren't even sure if he was going to play. And he ends up with his career high with 10 catches, 118 yards. He didn't score, but, I mean, he was right at the goal line. So Terry is all as advertised. I'm all in on this guy being wide receiver one until the day I die. Um, Yeah, I'm I'm cool with that. Amen. (laughs) Washington football for life for Terry. Um, coming, but it seems like this is one thing I really want to talk about. It seems like all the plays that we have with Terry is just quick slants, slants to the inside. He makes big plays out of it. My biggest question is, and I think I tweeted this during the game is why don't we try to go deep ever? It's third and long. The quarterback's got to shave some yards off here to have any chance to score. Let's see what he does. He drops back. He has a guy downfield, but he doesn't see him. He tries to hand the ball off to a cheap razor. Boom! He's nicked in the sack. It's a fumble, and the ball is going the other way. That one's going to hurt for a while. What in the world was he thinking? Let's go to the monitors and see exactly what went wrong. You know, this offseason, his coaches at Manscaped enhanced the lawnmower 3.0 offense to a whopping 7,000 RPM motor with quiet stroke technology. They gave him all the chances he had to get that safe clean cut up the sideline with the cutting edge ceramic blade, but instead he got nicked on the sack by a rusty defense. 
he would have used the LED light that comes with the 3.0, there is no doubt he would have been able to see his playing field much better. Looks like he's going to be going over to the sideline with his Manscaped coaches, grab the tablet, see what went wrong, and if he's smart, he's going to go over to manscaped.com and use the code BNP20 to save 20% off his entire cart with free shipping. That's right. Use code BNP20 to save 20% off your entire cart with free shipping. Don't keep making the same mistakes and give your balls a clean pocket next time. And there's no doubt the result will be a touchdown. Ever. I, we haven't thrown one pass over 20. Like It might have been like a you know, 30, 40 yard game, but the, Haskins has not thrown the ball actually like 20 plus yards at all this season, I don't think. Yeah. And his first touchdown in the NFL was against Ryan Grant, which was a bomb. And you see how hype he gets? If you want to build, you know, momentum and confidence in a quarterback, you do those kind of plays. You be aggressive. You're like, all right, we trust you as a quarterback. Make these throws. You see Justin Herbert throwing, like, 50-yard bombs. They're not like, whoa, Justin, that's too much. Let's calm you down, bud. Like, Haskins has the arm. He can do it. So why do you think we're not doing it? Well, yeah, and the the one deep – throw that you mentioned to Terry McLaurin took him down to the one but that wasn't until they were down three touchdowns and my yeah. thing was like that wasn't you're telling me that wasn't there the entire game like I don't believe that like I, yeah I don't know what it is I don't know if it's him being timid but it just doesn't seem like they're running those routes deep maybe they don't feel like I mean I feel like Terry could go deep but I I don't know maybe they don't feel like they have a true deep threat yeah, but I'm deep. but I'm, yeah, I, I, I agree. That's why I don't understand. Give it like a sluggo. Fake the slant, which everybody's going to start biting on now, and go deep. Do something. Like, yeah, I, I don't want to see that at the end of the game. Um, yeah, I, I, I don't know why they're not taking some, some chances downfield. Maybe they don't feel like they're there yet, but, I mean, you got to at some point. You can't, you can't live on these five-yard uh, routes and these little yeah. underneath swing passes. That's I mean – it it works. It gets you yards, but what did it do for you? It only had gave you ten points, you know, through three quarters, you know. So they got to mix it up a little bit, and they've got to be willing to try to stretch the field. Otherwise, it's going to get real tough when teams are realizing, you know, what they're not going to go deep. Let me pack it in tight here, underneath and intermediate, and it's gonna it's gonna make it harder for Dwayne Haskins. The same way a short pass uh, would do a lot for him, I think that not giving him the chance to go deep and not mixing it up a little bit. It's going to make it tough on him because defenses are going to start to see that. I mean, that was his best pass of the season, that pass to Terry. What was it, like 40 yards? And he dropped it right where it needs to be. It's an inside fade, which, I mean, you got to feel bad for the DB because doing a fade on the inside with Terry like that, he went right past the DB, no problem, and the, the, the pass was spot on. So, like, and it's fair. People are going to say, well, you just said, like, you need to do short passes and stuff like this. You do. You gotta set up. I mean, it's just like the, like you said. Yeah. That's our running game. Is these short right. poses, these these screen plays, stuff like that. These short passes. That's essentially our running game. You have to set that up. And like you said, fake Terry to the inside, cut him up, go deep. I mean, against the Eagles, his first his first game as a rookie. First yeah, touchdown exactly. was that bomb. Exactly. He can go deep. You can't sit here and tell me he can't go deep. Yeah. Send AGG deep. Like. He has the strides. Like, he can get down there, too. I mean, he's not Deshaun Jackson, but good Lord. I just feel like you have to have some kind of confidence in it. You have to have some kind of aggression as a play caller. When does throwing, you know, on third and 20, throwing a five-yard check down, when does that get old to you? Yeah, that – oh, it got old to me this this 
this Sunday. I mean, it was a fourth <laughs> down play. I don't know if we were going to go into that. But, oh, we are right now. Um, but yeah, yeah, it, you're right. You can't check down. Like uh, I'm all about completion percentage, but you know what I'd rather have is the chance for a big play every now and then. So uh, yeah, it's it's a little frustrating, but I hope they they figure something out, or I hope they just draw something up, maybe like a first down shot, and where you can still come back and then try to get the yards like it doesn't have to be on third down you don't have to wait till a passing down just do something stretch it out a little bit and and honestly like I you know I'm not a big film watcher I I try to watch it a little bit to see kind of tendencies but I wonder how much did the Panthers throw deep I mean maybe they felt maybe that's Scott Turner's thing is he felt like if he has running backs underneath and guys underneath that he can get the ball to maybe he doesn't need to go deep I, I don't know if that's a trend with him but it's something that can can and is and might and will get frustrating the the longer it goes on so i gotta ask you because i have my own opinion on it on that fourth and goal a lot of people have been talking about it how upset were you with it and if you were upset with it what part did you not like because i have something to say all right so my thing well honestly it goes before that is the sack that he took was brutal so that that was brutal to put you in that situation that was like one of the only things you can't do and and that's that's a knock on Dwayne Haskins I feel like sometimes he tries so hard to make the play when the best play is to just throw it away like I don't remember many times that he's just thrown it away and he needs to learn to do that because that sack was brutal like they had a they had a shot at you know to get some points out of that but coming down to the fourth fourth down play I don't know if it's a scheme thing I don't know if that's the way the play was drawn up well you need to draw up a different play you need to draw up one where where it takes you into the end zone where you have four guys standing in the end zone and you give yourself a shot um, maybe that's what the play was designed to do so maybe it's not all on Haskins but you got to throw it in the end zone and give yourself a shot you're turning the ball over either way either you you don't score and you turn over on downs or you throw an interception Either way, I can live with it, but you can't throw it five, five. I say five. I think it was maybe six, seven, eight yards short. It just, it didn't make sense, and it was, it was frustrating to see. Yeah, I'm not mad at his fourth down decision because I feel like one, I did not like the play call at all. If you go look at the play, it, it was just. Um, Logan Thomas is on the left side. I'm trying to remember this off the top of my head, so bear with me. Logan Thomas on the left side. It kind of goes up and then curls down to, like, the five-yard line. So he doesn't really even go in the end zone. And then on the right side, uh, Terry and somebody else kind of just, like, cross routes in the end zone, which I don't really like. Like, you're creating a crowd for no reason, and then you have Isaiah Wright on, like, the check down underneath. So to me, I didn't like the play call at all. I don't blame Haskins for making that throw because there was nobody open. I think they dropped five or six into coverage, the Ravens did. So there was literally nothing on that play, but I didn't like the play call at all. I feel like uh, Logan Thomas could have cut out to that left corner of the end zone. That was wide open. Um, They just kind of crowded too much of the end zone, so I didn't like that. Um, But like you said, with the third down, that's what killed the drive, in my opinion. You can't take it was a loss of 18 yeah it was it was bad and he lost 40 yards on sacks yesterday so That's those bad. were some big sacks i think they only got like three sacks yeah uh, he got sacked yeah. three times for 40 yards 40 yards that's, that's brutal a lot. yeah brutal so and like you said he doesn't throw the ball away ever I, I mean i don't recall one time where he's actually thrown the ball away 
But I rewatched that third down play. I see a clean pocket. I see plenty of time. And honestly, he could have even like used his feet some. He had he could have ran to any any side on the inside or outside. Like left and right was wide open to run. There's so much more he could have done than just you know try to make a fake play happen. And yeah. I forgot who it was. I think Mark Bullock said it on Twitter, um, saying like how he would you know want him to kind of roll out and you know let his wide receivers kind of run around and make a play available on that fourth down. I feel like that's too much to ask for. He's not Pat Mahomes. He's not Lamar Jackson for crying out loud. Like he or Russell Wilson. He's not gonna you know scramble out to the other sideline and expect some huge magic play to happen with you yeah. know no one that we have on the field. So you just you can't take those sacks. And we can talk about the offensive line, but honestly, they've been performing way better the last few weeks. Yeah, and that's something I wanted to ask you was Sheriff being out. Do you even notice that he's not there? Honestly. Uh, no, I mean, Schweitzer's come in and played pretty well, and I think I saw some stats that the offensive line has been holding up pretty well in the past game, these last couple of games, last two, maybe even three games. Um, yeah, uh, not really, and that doesn't, that doesn't, I, I, I'm saying not really, I don't notice Sheriff being gone, and that's not good for his shot at a long-term contract. (laughs) I mean, so, uh, you, you got to wonder if they might use the, those dollars somewhere else down the line because I, I don't I don't think Sheriff is justified paying him that much. Uh, I mean I think he's talented, but if you can't be out there on the field, what what good are you? And like you said, they've been playing pretty well. I don't know if that's a coincidence. I don't know if that's a direct result of him just not playing well. Uh, I don't know, but it is it is at least it's encouraging that they are playing well. They could have yeah. absolutely crumbled, but but they didn't. So. Kudos to Wes Schweitzer and and those guys for figuring it out and uh, you know you know Dwayne Haskins you know the stats he had a pretty good game throwing the ball I mean a lot of it was checked down but I think I saw that that was what they were trying to do was that screen and underneath yeah. game so we can't dog on him if he's he's running the plays as he's supposed to but yeah kudos to the offensive line for giving him a little bit of time I think it could have been way worse these last few games uh, with some of the pass rushers they were going up against. Yeah, they. it's been encouraging to me, too. And you have to really think about the long term, like we said, with Sheriff. You know, the injuries that have happened, like, the last three seasons. How much we're really going to have to pay this guy. If if Wes uh, Schwitzer holds up like this, that's, like, your your Eric Flowers-esque, you know, player yeah, of the season. Yeah, exactly, man. Yeah, that's a good call. You could draft call. your, uh, you know, sell, or if you want to draft any offensive lineman in the draft, or you can use that pick for a wide receiver weapon for Dwayne. So, I mean, that would be a huge payoff for us, like you said. If we can use that money elsewhere, I'm sure we will. Um, one nugget that really stood out to me for the people who said that our offense still looked terrible yesterday, Washington had six more first downs against the Ravens and only seven fewer yards of total offense. So shout out to Kyle Stackpole for that stat. Um, but like he said, we just couldn't get those big explosive plays like the Lamar Jackson 50-yard bomb, you know, running up the middle and these, you know, darts to Mark Andrews where only he can catch it. So I feel like, and Ron talked about it, and like you just said with the uh, screen passes and the short plays, those are eventually going to turn into big explosive plays. And we, and we saw, saw a little Gibson. bit of that. Yeah. yeah, 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 exactly. And we see a week in, week out with Terry uh, with his slants that he turns into like 80-yard touchdowns. So I think it's slowly coming together. I think Haskins did look much better this game. I wanted to see how he looked. You know, besides the sacks, we've we've already hit on that. Didn't turn the ball over. You know, he did run that one in for a touchdown, you know, just pushing up the middle. 
that's what I wanted to see out of him. Like, is he going to just fold under pressure? Is he going to throw these interceptions and stuff? Because, good Lord, the Ravens have a good defense. And I yeah, talked oh, about yeah. Marlon Humphrey. That dude's a beast. I would do anything to have that guy. He does nothing but force turnovers. I mean, he earned his whole paycheck in that game. I just feel like every oh, yeah. time a play was made by the defense, it was it was 44. I mean, yeah. he was unreal. I see why they paid him. And, uh, yeah, he, he's Late a beast. round guy, yeah. yeah. So that, that just shows that, like, anything happened. And the Ravens well, are building the team the way they're supposed to. Yeah, and, and you know, not – I really didn't feel like that Washington was in this game. And I don't want to say that they didn't think that, but – like I said, I was looking for positive signs, but you look at it, the game turned, like you mentioned earlier, on the McKissick fumble. You know, if you're going up against a powerhouse like this that likes to run the football and hold on to the football, you can't turn it over. So that was a tough play. Then you get a good stop on third down, and the fake punt just kind of absolutely takes the, the wind out of your sail. So there were a couple of plays, had it gone a different way, that this game could have been a little bit closer, and that's that's encouraging. And then you know, you got to tip your cap like you're saying. Dwayne Haskins took care of the football, and that's all you can ask for. You know, it the numbers looked way better, and so it, it shows me improvement, and that's all you can ask for from that guy. And uh, I hope that it's just a, a stepping uh, a stepping block, you know, a stepping stone. And, you know, next week he plays a little bit better, and the week after that. The thing he can't do is after having, you know, a career high in passing yards like he did, not turning the ball over. The thing you can't do is take a step back. Exactly. That, that'll that be yeah. killer this week if you were to take a step back. And like you said, you know, we're coming up. Uh, something I want to talk about, we do have the Rams next. We'll do that preview show uh, Thursday night. Um, but we have a stretch of NFC East games coming up. So we have Giants, Cowboys, Giants. And to me, you know, people, we, we have that, you know, small crowd saying, hey, you know, we can still win the division. <laughs> That's what they're worried about. It still technically is reachable. Um, but like I said, three games out of the next four NFC East, the giants are looking terrible. Daniel Jones. Um, I just want to talk about him really quick is literally dead last in the NFL, pretty much all categories. He hasn't had a touchdown in like the last three games, but he's averaged an interception or a fumble in all of those. Why do you think that? And I mean, I don't listen to New York media or anything like that, but why do you think it is so much more strict on Haskins that it is Jones who played, seems like, 100 years in college under Cutcliffe, who's one of the best quarterback gurus in college football compared to Haskins one season with Urban Meyer at Ohio State. Why do you think it is so much more critical towards Haskins? Yeah, I, I really I, I don't know because Daniel Jones has been just straight-up terrible. Uh, I mean, I think I saw that he has, like, 36 interceptions and fumbles or something like that. Something over his, god awful. Yeah, it's just it's ridiculous. So, and he was taken before Haskins. Like he was. It's not like Daniel Jones was some project quarterback. He was a top ten pick. So, yeah, he should be getting all the criticism uh, and more than Haskins does. You know, Haskins is actually relatively taking care of the football outside of the the Cleveland game. Um, and Jones hasn't. So, yeah, these two, I think they're going to be linked for a while, but they should be getting the same sort of criticism. Um, but you're right. I, I don't know. Maybe maybe in New York they really are ripping on Daniel Jones. I know I had some uh, uh, friends who are New York fans. They couldn't believe that they took him. Um, I don't know how they're feeling now, but I can't imagine they're yeah. too pleased with uh, what he's he's doing so far this year and 
over his career. But yeah, you got to take care of the football as a quarterback, and he's just not doing that. So uh, that'll be an interesting one. I think that'll be one where we definitely want to see Haskins outdo uh, Daniel Jones in those th- those two out of three games that they play New York. He, I mean, I think Haskins is more talented than him, and I think he's got to go out there and prove it. Yeah, to me, that's where I'm really grading a lot of the season, a lot of Haskins, honestly, is that Giants-Cowboys-Giants stretch. Because we are way better than the Giants. Like I can't say that against any other team. I'd say we're better than the Jets. But just watching how bad the Giants are, I know they kind of played the Rams close. We got them next. We'll talk about the Rams. But like you said, with with Jones, like he is that bad. I To me, this is where I'm really grading how well we do. If we don't beat them twice, then something's wrong. Yeah, I mean something's wrong. Anyways, we suck, but I'm saying we should be beating the Giants, and I want to see what we do against the Cowboys because I mean what they did against the Browns was terrible. It kind of made me feel better about how we played against them. What would you say? Yeah, I was gonna say not only the Giants in that stretch, but you're going up against a Cowboys defense that was just god awful. I think it was the they gave up the most rushing yards in like two or three seasons, over 300 rushing yards. So. Um, you know, that should be a shootout. That should be a time where that, that stretch, those three games coming up after the Rams game should be a time when the offense is kind of starting to click and start yep. starting to hum because they're going up against some teams that they can A, beat, or B, their defense is just not very good. So they, they need to prove some stuff um, on the offensive side of the ball in that stretch. Let me let me ask you a question. I, I, uh, I, I tweeted this out kind of half-joking, but maybe a little serious what do you think about potentially resting chase young again and making sure he's fully healthy for this little division run that they're about to go on hmm. Let, let's say he's questionable let's i mean if he's 100 percent healthy obviously you put him back out there but what do you think about resting him in a rams game to make sure he's ready to go for these three straight divisional games i mean if he's questionable like say he doesn't practice until like thursday um, I would be okay with sitting him. I liked how our D-line looked. Like you said, Tim Settle got a sack. He made big plays getting, you know, some solid tackles and stuff like that. I think we have the depth to fill in, so you're not risking it. I mean, am I, like, that worried about the Rams? Like, no. It is a very winnable game. Um, they didn't really impress me much at all yesterday. Their defense is scary, um, especially, you know, Aaron Donald, of course, and Jalen Ramsey, but... On their offense, I'm really not too worried about it. I, I think our secondary is the ones that's really going to be tested the most. I think our D-line will eat regardless without Chase or not. So, honestly, I mean, I, I'd have to agree to just sit them until New York. Let that groin rest up. Because those those are the injuries that kind of linger for a while. Exactly. don't take care of it. And honestly, I was thinking of it like kind of like a college schedule. I mean... Would you love to beat Sean McVay and the Rams and get a good win? Sure. Yeah. But the the games that really matter, if you're really going to compete in this awful NFC East, those three games are huge. And maybe you make sure Chase is 100% for that little stretch. So it was just a thought I threw out there. I mean, obviously I hope that he's back out there ready to go every week. But I was just thinking maybe if it's questionable, maybe they sit him for another week, make sure it's 100%, and then let, unleash him on the NFC East. Yeah, I wouldn't be mad at all. I mean, his long-term health is the number one concern in my right, opinion right. for the team. You want him to be good long-term. Um, but, yeah, if he can make a tear, Daniel Jones seems like he's playing with, you know, sticks of butter in his hand. Chase Young's probably going to have four, 
you know, strip sacks in those two games against him. That'd be nice. <laughs> and Dak's been getting, uh, he's been losing the ball a good bit too with fumbles. Miles Garrett was eaten yesterday. Yeah. Um, that O line banged up. I forgot who went down, but someone else in their O line went down. So th- to me, those are the three games where our defense can really step up and our offense can, you know, do well against, you know, pretty bad defenses. So something to keep an eye on for sure. But like I said, we're going to hit y'all with a preview pod on Thursday, bring a lot of guests to represent the Rams and talk about them, see what they have to say about the Rams because I've seen two different teams. I really want to get some insight on that. So stay tuned for that. And I'm also going to drop a link. Um, Brian, I know you saw it, but I didn't really say nothing about it. Something I did before was, you know, letting fans, you know, drop voice messages to, you know, put on the podcast. That's something I did in the off season. Went really well. I loved it. You know, I like hearing other opinions and stuff like that. So um, I'm sure it's okay with you, but I'm going to drop the link. If you have something to say, you know, how you feel about the Rams, or if you want us to talk about something in particular, you can drop that. It goes straight to my phone. So just watch out for that tweet. I'll be dropping that sporadically until Thursday. Um, but Brian, do you have anything else, man? Yeah, just getting ready for uh, the Rams. They're they're always fun. Uh, like you said, it just doesn't look like the same Sean McVay offense, so I'll definitely have to dive into that and uh, figure out what that is all about. But uh, uh, like you said, a potentially winnable game, so I'm ex- always excited about that. Yeah, it's always good to get one against you know someone that used to coach on the team. So <laughs> exactly. someone that people say that we could have still had. You know, I'm still sticking with Ron, so the past is the past. But we will see y'all Thursday, so stay tuned for the preview episode. Thank you for listening to Believe. You can show support to your host by subscribing to the show and giving us a five-star rating on your preferred platform. Check us out at Believe.com and search for B-L-E-A-V on YouTube. You know when you're listening to a true crime story that has an unbelievable plot twist that makes you stop in your tracks? That's what our podcast, People Are the Worst, brings you with each episode. I'm Rachel. And I'm Rebecca. We're identical twins who love true crime cases that make you say, didn't see that coming, and we hate the people responsible for them. Listen to People Are the Worst now on Apple, Spotify, or wherever you get your podcasts.